episode 3 of Through Another Lens. Uh, this is our football culture podcast by the Sports Gazette, where each week we discuss documentaries, books, shows, basically everything what happens off the field, we discuss on here, which will possibly help us get a new perspective on here, right? Like, that's why Through Another Lens. We are very smart. That's how we came up with that <laughs> one. Uh, so with me, got a new bunch of people here today. I've got Alex. Hello, mate. How are you? How are you? I'm great, thank you. Yeah, super. Uh, Alex, to, you know, introduce yourself, right? To let your authentic self come through on this podcast. What are you watching recently? What is something you've been consuming? Um, I haven't really been watching much TV at the moment, to be honest, mate, other than the odd game of football. I've been reading a couple of books. One called The Numbers Game by David Sally, which is really good for anyone who kind of wants uh, a bit of a breakdown of what numbers in football actually mean like you can see lots of the time you get certain how how important is passing accuracy and stuff like that seems fairly basic um and it's also sort of a bit of an insight into how things like xg came about and which i know lots of proper football men lots of proper football people don't necessarily like but i'm also reading um tim harford uh how to make the world add up which is a similar thing but on a more global scale and it's less sporty Man of culture. Uh, <laughs> next, we got Mike. Hello, Shippy. How are you? Mike supports Brentford, but we, we accept everyone on here. We have no. We, we don't. We don't have any discussion. We have to put up with you supporting Arsenal. So. Ah, but Mike, how's it going, man? Yeah, how's I'm good. I'm good. I'm really good. Happy to be here. What's your recommendation for so, us? So, um, just finished reading Fever Pitch on on your recommendation. Uh, loved it. At the moment, I am. Just starting 1984 by George Orwell, which might come to a shock to a lot of people. Um, but I actually haven't read it before and I'm really enjoying it. A recommendation that I would give, though, for someone that isn't looking at sports or wanting to read a sports book is a book by Richard Dawkins called The Selfish Gene, which is amazing. Um, more science involved, a uh, bit of biology, if anyone's into that. But yeah, no, really, really cool book. Defo, read it. Add it to your list. 1984 seems like the perfect thing to read right now. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> uh, and lastly, Ashley. Ashley, how's it going? Hi, Shubhi. I'm good. Have you been, Ashley, can you give us a recommendation? Like, what have you been watching? Uh, well, everyone here seems to be reading something. Yes. Uh, but um, I've been watching um, The Challenge. It's a reality TV show, but it's a competitive show where we have people being given different tasks to do. Besides that, uh, I've been listening to a podcast in pursuit of wonder. Uh, basically, it explains like when we all fall asleep, where do we go? As Billie Eilish said, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. And I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> the, the diversity here is it's unbelievable. It is great. Like everyone's watching some cool stuff. Like. I've been watching, as the host of a football culture podcast, I've been watching Sunderland's Sunderland uh, Sunderland oh. documentary. You can see that we might have something coming up in the next few weeks about that. So just catching up on that, really. I think that's my favourite documentary of all time. It's Football. a good Football-wise, anyway. It's, it's a good yeah. one. It's class. Yeah, it's yeah. class. It it's like great. a... But actually, you've been watching a reality show, and I guess All or Nothing is a reality show yeah. sometimes, right? Yes. Um, so, we're going to dive right in. Uh, so, today, our aim is pretty clear. By the end of this podcast, we will have ranked the All or Nothings, right? So, we're going to focus on the Arsenal one, which came out this year, the Tottenham one, which came out in 2020, and the City one, which came out in 2018. 
Uh, you will notice that we aren't discussing the Juventus one, which came out in, I think, 2021, just purely because it's so bad. It doesn't deserve <laughs> any discussion, doesn't warrant any analysis. Uh, just take our word on it. It's something you should just avoid. Um, so, purely, purely based on its recency bias and not because mm-hmm. I support Arsenal, nope. we are going to start with our discussion there. Um, it is, in many ways, I think the biggest thing which came across, apart from Arteta playing You'll Never Walk Alone Before the Liverpool game, <laughs> oh, I think the biggest thing which really came across is how well Arteta comes across, right? Uh, Mike, you brought that up, right? That a lot of people didn't like him, but did after the show. Not, not that they didn't like him, um, but I, I kind of, I don't know, when I, when I speak to my mates about Arteta in his first season at Arsenal, um, kind of sort of came across as a, not, not, a, not an arsehole, but a little bit, you know, new guy on the block, point out, to, point to prove and stuff like that. But after, after watching the dark, changed my opinion completely. And I think that's a lot of, with, uh, that, that, that's the same thing with a lot of people that have watched it. It comes across really well, good motivational speaker. You know, when I was watching it with my brother, you have to be some kind of person to stand in the middle of a group of players and G them up in the way he does. And um, yeah, I, I came, I came out of it with a lot of respect for him that I probably didn't have before. I mean, like, I was thinking of starting this podcast by all of us standing in the centre holding hands, <laughs> shutting our eyes. That would be the perfect way to start it. But, Ashley, you're an Arsenal fan as well. And yes. so how did you like the documentary, right? Because it's obviously very close to home. Uh, well, uh, it showed me a different perspective of our club. Um, and Arteta, initially I didn't have uh, any faith in him, but seeing how well he made uh, the team gel together and the motivation he gives them maybe during the halftime talks and before a game. Playing You Never Walk Alone before Liverpool, which was, I don't think anybody expected that. Uh, basically being showed uh, what happens behind the scenes, because we only get to interact with our team for 90 minutes, you know. Um, yeah, I loved it and it made me feel a bit closer to the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah I completely agree with that sentiment. I felt that too. Alex, are you an Arteta sexual as well after this? Ooh, I'm not quite sure about Arteta sexual. I think <laughs> he definitely, before watching this, I definitely thought that he was like perhaps just a slightly intense weirdo. Um, whereas actually he's got a huge amount of charisma and he really, really cares about what he does. He um, has, I was quite impressed by, for someone who comes across as quite, um, almost like Rafa Benitez, if you hear like Steven Jarrod or someone talking about him, it's just like, it's a purely professional relationship, whereas Arteta definitely seems to have uh, a very, he does have a professional relationship with his players, but it, it's quite a deep-rooted um interpersonal relationship as well like he, he genuinely takes on his players concerns and worries um, he is more charismatic than I thought he would be I am sick to death of hearing him say for me there are three non-negotiables I'm absolutely sick to death because that started at the beginning of every episode so um, if I ever have to hear him see the hear the if I ever have to hear him say the words non-negotiables again I think I'll um, I think I'll cry, but apart from that, yeah, I'm a bit, I, I'm a big fan of Arteta's, and I think a lot of the players similarly quite impressed me in this. I think one thing which a lot of people said about the show was how it is very obviously a PR job, right? Like, there's no denying that. Yeah, like, massive. it's very polished. Like, you can tell the club has, you know, like everything which is coming through is what the club wants to, like you to see. But is that a problem? 
Is that why? Is that okay, right? Yeah, I think that's okay as long as it's still entertaining to watch. It doesn't really doesn't really bother me. If you saw, um, I've got a couple of friends who 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 worked on the um, on the Tottenham one, which I know we'll get into later. But um, they were saying there's you know, some days people just turn up and they're just like, right, no cameras today, just going to sack it off. The club are very much in control. I do think it suffers from that a little bit in terms of when Arsenal went on that sort of late season slump. Um, I wanted to see more juice about how Arteta, Arteta handled that and obviously the club wanted to keep that kind of thing behind closed doors but yeah I, ostensibly like in and of itself I don't think it's a problem that it's a PR stunt or a piece of PR work I don't know do you? Yeah I, I don't think you, for the all or nothing I don't think Amazon are ever going to get that sort of scope of control with any no. with anything that they put out like the clubs the clubs agree to this with, with the agreement in place that whatever you guys film we can go back and you know Take the good bits out. Take the good. Put the good bits in. Take the bad bits out. It's never going to be completely unfiltered. No. And um, you know, I'm I'm all for it. To be honest, like it's, it's not going to be completely unfiltered, but it's still going to be entertaining. So at the end of the day, like you know, it's as good as what we can get. What were some of your favourite scenes from the Arsenal one? Um, well, I was going to say earlier the way he the way he dealt with Aubameyang, I thought was really was really good. Um, obviously, a big personality, and he kind of just set his stall and basically just just got rid of him when it, when they needed to I thought and um, you know now they've replaced him with Jay-Z so you know you made the right decision in my opinion um, I liked you know everyone likes the drama everyone likes the changing room scenes and the, the fights and, and, it, and him targeting Tavares and stuff like that. that that's all that's all good for the for the viewer um, but yeah no some some really good bits but yeah overall like, I just I just like the way he came across as a good manager a good leader and dealt with things in the right way I thought Actually, uh, you know, for me, when I was watching it as an Arsenal fan, the episode where the Arsenal photographer gives the team talk before the North London derby, um, that gave me goosebumps, right? And I'm guessing, obviously, part of it had to do with I support the club, but and I'm sure you felt that as well, right? Like, there was this almost sense of... Like, I felt like I was back then on that North London derby day when we won. I felt like I was in that dressing room with all the boys and... Uh, it was spine-tingling, really. Uh, you know you know what? When he was saying, this is my club, effing club. This is my fucking club. This is, oh, yeah. 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 This is my fucking club. I love this club. I was like, yes, tell them. Let them play for the badge. You know, I felt the goosebumps. Yeah. yeah. I think, in general, they captured the emotion around Arsenal as a club well. Would you agree with that? Yeah, there was a little nod to some of the... Um uh ancillary components of arsenal's pr image as well like with um some of the guys from arsenal fan tv you saw them feature now and again um i have to say i i had tears in my eyes when that um photographer was doing his um, little pre-match speech as well yeah mm. which um i wouldn't say that um that freely like it really really caught me as well just as, as someone not particularly invested in, um in Arsenal whatsoever but yeah I mean I also I just wanted to uh, double down on what Mike said about the Aubameyang situation because that was so fascinating and it was so interesting seeing Edu as this uh, as the sporting director it was fascinating seeing how his job had a completely different dimension to it but with this, all this huge amount of responsibility as well um, I think all in all in terms of Arsenal's kind of um, there used to be my kind of second team in a slightly patronising way I don't mind admitting this in that when Wenger was in charge they were this like they put they play really expansive progressive like um, technical football but they'd 
just like capitulate for 10 games at the end of the season and, and just finish fourth. Uh, you could just rely on them to do that. Um, so when I watch this and seeing how the club works uh, in a really engaging and enthusing way, I just think, yeah, I think it was a great piece of TV. And Mike, did you feel there was something which you wish like the show didn't have, like something you were looking for? Um, to, the thing, the things that you look for, I think, would be would be taken out by by the club. The things, the things that you look for are the juicy things, the things that like that won't make the cut because because the club won't let them. Um, I can't really think of anything specific though. I'm trying, I'm trying to, but you know, like, I, I feel like the the situation with Lacazette and uh, was it Cedric the fight that happened. Yeah. I feel like that there was more to that. Yeah. There was definitely more to that, and they didn't really explain it. They just they just sort of got them. They got the picture of them two fighting out on the training pitch, and then they, there wasn't much elaboration past that. But there was definitely there was definitely something more to that. He actually kicked out at the at, he was an academy guy, wasn't he? The guy that Lacazette kicked yeah. out at yeah. was an academy product. Oh, and so, so good thing that he's gone because that's like yeah, yeah. I can't believe I can't I couldn't believe that when I saw it. He won the ball fairly and then kicked out at him. Crazy. I was actually sorry to inter- I, I was a bit surprised they included it at all, but I guess there was such a media like kind of furore around it they couldn't not address it it was in the trailer yeah yeah mm-hmm. and and the and the players just sort of sat down and go oh these things happen in football i was yeah yeah there's more to, it. to know a bit more juice and i'd have loved to know what arteta honestly said rather than just yelling at people in the changing rooms after he was like disappointed at their performances i'd have just loved to see like what was he doing on the training pitch in between those matches like he was furious he was spitting feathers when there was that quite bad run wasn't there where they kind of bottled fourth place um, not kind of it was bottled it completely bottled <laughs> um, that be edited out <laughs> I'd have just loved to see a bit more detail there but again like, like we've touched on it's just the kind of thing the club won't let's be seen um, actually you know there was a lot of focus obviously on Arteta his team talks and everything and I felt one thing in the show was there was lesser focus on as Alex mentioned right like he wanted more on his tactical setup right like there wasn't that much shown then do you think that was a conscious decision taken? Like, we aren't going to reveal our business secrets. Yeah, definitely. Because remember, uh, we just got Ateta and we are supposed to rebuild and we're trusting the process and everything. I don't think because uh, not only Arsenal fans are going to watch it, our rebels can get the tactics from there. So they did it deliberately. And what did you think about, you know, the fact that Arsenal didn't get fourth place in the end, right? Like. The whole show, it was getting that fairy tale ending, Wait. and then last minute it just like <laughs> crumbles, right? Um, as an Arsenal fan, obviously it was a tough watch, but just stepping away from that, like, did you think that kind of made the show more interesting, or you think that if they had got fourth, it would have been a much more powerful show? Um, no, I feel like the fact that we bottled top four or fourth place to say, um, it made the show a bit more interesting because everyone wanted to see what. What do the players think? What does the management think? What does Ateta think? You know, all that reaction was expected. And I feel like if we go top four, it's expected we are gonna say we are, we were, we would be celebrating. Everyone would be happy about it. But since we bottled it, how is everyone taking it? Yeah, sets it up nicely for a second second season. It does. Yeah, there have been some rumors about it. Yeah. Really, sets it up nicely. But Alex, I remember you said that you felt slightly dissatisfied when it ended. It was hard for me not to feel a bit dissatisfied because. As again, I think we'll get onto later, but these things, they, they all suffer a little bit from a lack of jeopardy because we kind of all know what happened. Um, 
we don't see it in quite the same perspective, but we kind of know Arsenal fizzled out a bit slightly disappointingly and finished and finished sixth. So what I'd have loved to see is more, again, we've touched on it already really, but I'd have loved to see more detail about how Arteta was doing his best to um, to improve their form on a day-to-day basis rather than, it, it all felt very kind of like PR rhetoric-y to me, a lot of the, a lot of the bits we did see. Uh, so it's just hard not to feel just like oh, you know I've got nothing invested in Arsenal so it's hard for me not to feel a bit sort of just a bit just a bit flat on the fact that oh they came sick then Arteta was mad about it like you know that's that's not necessarily uh, news to me I would expect him to be as annoyed as he was I guess fair but I guess we have to find there's a difference between content and football right like yeah. Yeah, and ultimately this isn't a fictional TV show which as much as you would think it is in some ways no absolutely but there would have definitely been something more than what we got to see going on Fair enough. and that's just the stuff I'd like to see yeah I also think one reason why the show was quite well received right was the fact the timing of its release because it released just like I think a week before the season started and Arsenal had a great start mm. to the season and then they staggered the release right so it kind of became a thing where people you're just taking out what you want from it right like Arsenal's doing well you're seeing Arteta's team talks, oh, he's such a smart guy, he's such a genius. If we'd lost our first three games of the season, would the show still have been as well received? I think there'd be more memes going around, more clips. <laughs> like, yeah. I, think, I think just Arsenal's start of the season had a massive role to play in how it was received. I think Granit Xhaka's form as well, because he was playing really well on the pitch and he comes across so well in this. Um, he, was just, he, was, he was a bit of a laughingstock. Like, I used to give my Arsenal mates such a hard time about Granit Xhaka. I was like, mate... This guy's just a lump who's good at passing the ball, and uh, yeah, it was a head case. It wasn't that long ago. It was just the was it the season before he stuck his middle finger up to everyone at the Emirates. Nineteen twenty, yeah. It was in the nineteen twenty <laughs> season, so it's we're not talking in in footballing terms. Uh, like you know, it's not like it was the deep, dark, distant past. Um, and it comes across in this as just like a really likable guy. Um, with a really beautiful family and uh, just like really cares about the club and what he's doing um, and in fact he's bringing younger players through as well and he started the season on fire so Granit Xhaka gets a 10 out of 10 for me Uh, so my thoughts on the all or nothing Tottenham, uh, I'd say is the main focus was Mourinho. He's like the main uh, character in the in the whole series. Uh, well, while, whereas there are so many other things to discuss, for example, the departure of Pochettino. Yeah, so it, it was very mid for me. And not because I'm not an old fan. Yeah, sure. Mm. Absolutely not. Like, <laughs> not at all. Uh, Mike, did you like it? I did. Yeah, I thought I thought it was good. Um, mainly for what Ashley just said, because it was centered around Mourinho. I think he's brilliant. Um, such a character adds so much entertainment value. The only thing I would say is that maybe the scenes that didn't have Mourinho in were a little bit boring. Um, but having said that, I thought it was brilliant just just because of Mourinho. You know the things that you know the Deli Ali thing when he calls him a fucking lazy guy and. Just, I just thought it was brilliant. Uh, there was a fair share of drama as well, you know, Son and Larissa at half time in the change rooms. Um, Covid. Yes, yeah, Covid, COVID as well, yeah, I know. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Um, maybe not had the same things that the City and the Arsenal one did, but just for Mourinho, I thought it was really good. Alex, I felt this one was more like a PR job. Like, 
very blatantly, for me at least. Did you feel that? Uh, I think that might be your Arsenal bias coming through <laughs> a little bit there, mate. I'm sorry to say it. I uh, I think this was much more of a PR job for Mourinho than it was than than all or nothing's Arsenal's all or nothing was for Arteta, but. Ultimately, at Tottenham Hotspur, how many more interesting people are there than Jose Mourinho? I think wherever Jose is, he is the most interesting guy. Um, as, as a Manchester United fan, I'd have, I would actually quite like to see um, one or two of his seasons at United under the lens because, I mean, I've got particularly fond memories of him, but it's, it's impossible to deny that he's a charismatic showman. I think someone who comes out of this dreadfully is Daniel Levy. Um, there's a one scene where they uh, where Daniel Levy and Mourinho are talking about Harry Winks and how much he runs, and Jose Mourinho's just like, "Yeah, Harry Winks runs a lot, Daniel. Correct, yeah." And he's like, "No, but seriously, he runs a lot." And Jose's like, "Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot." Um, I, th- I just it made me cringe every time Daniel Levy came anywhere near this. Um, I'd have liked to see a bit more from someone like Harry Kane. I know he's in it yeah. fairly prominently. But, you know, if Jose Mourinho is kind of tipped as this big, you know, he, he kind of brands himself as being this almost like thinker about football in, in interesting ways. You don't see any of that. You just kind of see his like person to person kind of relationship skills um, and saying everyone, they, can we use a C-bomb on this? Yeah. Well, it's telling everyone all his players need to be, big, be more cunts. <laughs> be more cunts, <laughs> which uh, is always fun to hear. But yeah. Uh, I, do I think this was a more of a PR job than the Arsenal one? No. I'll tell you why I think it is, right? Because you brought up brought up Mourinho at United. And mm. This was shot when Mourinho's like, spell at United was still in the air quite a bit, right? Like the way it had ended. But this documentary had nothing about his return to Old Trafford, right? Like I would have liked some behind-the-scenes stuff there. Nothing. As Ashley brought up, there was nothing about Pochettino's departure as well. So... That just feels very airbrushed for me. Was he when when he went back to Old Trafford? Did did Tottenham beat Spurs? Is that the clip of him doing that, or is, is that when he was at United? Tottenham I can't beat, remember. Tottenham beat us that season, I think. I'm a United fan, in case that wasn't clear, but I'm pretty sure Tottenham won that game. It was during COVID, right? When it was, when, it was like six plus one. No, no, no. Oh, was that it was, a different one? It was like the season before the six one. Ah, uh, okay. So okay. It, it wasn't like I think the other thing which I guess goes against this like. There was not much happening for Tottenham that season. Mm. No, mm. absolutely not. They all do this quite big huddle at the end when they get sixth place, which felt a bit forced yeah. for me. It's like no one gets that excited about Europa League on a Thursday night. Like Jose Mourinho, if he was being sincere, it's perhaps a sign of how far he's fallen uh, when he's celebrating sixth place for Tottenham Hotspur compared to you know, winning the Champions League however many times he's won it. It was perhaps... Uh, yeah, an indicator to how his star perhaps no longer shines as brightly as he would like it. Because, yeah, uh, that felt completely unbelievable for me. If those cameras hadn't been there, Mourinho with that squad, don't you think? Mm. Yeah, I felt the same. Uh, Mourinho celebrating sixth place. Okay, but I feel like, sorry, I'm an Arsenal fan, but I feel like uh, it's the Tottenham spirit. Like, you celebrate <laughs> really, really low standards, you know. For balance, Spursy. we should really have a Tottenham fan on this. <laughs> really should, oh, I think. sorry. <laughs> Next time, yeah. I guess, or never. <laughs> Ashley's really making her opinions clear. But no, I would think that there is something about this show which I felt something was missing. Maybe it's just that 
it came out during a time when football was kind of drab. I guess COVID, empty stadiums. I think there was a lot more potential to do some stuff there. I guess. Um, and of course, I mean, Alex, you had someone who worked on it, so yeah, shooting it would have been hard. But I don't know. There was something missing, and like I just felt like there was some spark, some spine tingling moments. There was there wasn't much of that. Mm. Well, there was no photographer doing a pre-match speech. It was Mourinho. And Hugo Lloris going, hey, come on, boys, fucking come on, in his little French accent. Sorry, it was a terrible French accent. But um, yeah, they definitely hadn't quite sussed out how to make this kind of the uh, the heartstring tugger that, that the Arsenal one is. But then, Mike, like this show went quite viral. Like If mm. you think about it, like more than the Arsenal one, where you're seeing memes, right? Like it's you're seeing clips. clips. Eclipse. Yeah. Like yeah, the eclipse. Danny Rose one. Yeah. Like, or like... Trying to force a move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or Mourinho like, <laughs> telling the Sky Sports, like, Glamour has to like fuck off like from his office. Yeah, yeah. Like I know. he's playing to the camera. Yeah, he, he is. Yeah, but it's it's like it's, we were talking about it earlier. Like Roy Keane plays that character so well of mm. being that guy. Marina is the same. Um, but like you're right, there's so many clips. I think my favourite one that came out of it was when he told Deli Ali the first thing Sir Alex Ferguson said to him when he signed for United as manager was to sign Deli Ali. Put all that weight on his shoulders, and now he's where everyone knows what's happened but yeah. I thought that, that's the kind of insight you want when you watch a show you want you know what the leading figures in the game are telling people you want to know the gossip and mm. that, that that clip I thought was one of the best insights from all three it aged really well then. <laughs> it aged really well <laughs> so did Danny Rose's move to Milan <laughs> yeah a lot of this show's success depends on which season they pick right yeah maybe if obviously this is with hindsight, the previous season, right, where they were under the Champions League final, where they had that incredible game against Ajax, yeah. do you think that would have made a better all or nothing? Most likely, most definitely. But there'll be no yes. Mourinho there, so. Uh, yes, but there would be Pochettino. How do we know Spurs? We know Spurs with Pochettino, so it would have made a better story. There, um, Pochettino, with the little investments given to them, the stadium coming up taking them to the final of the Champions League. That would have been a better story, for sure. Even both those games, the, the Man City, the Man City um, semi? Quarter. quarter. So the Man City quarter and then the Ajax semis, two of the best Champions League games I've ever seen, yeah. hands down. Both but, of them, amazing. There was that whole week of football that was just loopy, wasn't it? So I know, it was yeah. Liverpool, Liverpool and Barca, Barca, yeah. Oh, my God. That 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 week was just incredible. It was both, both, and that Ajax game, that the finale of that, was one of the top, top five finishes in a football game yes. I've ever seen. Quite easily. And they played the first leg of the Man City game in the new ground. Like, that was like the first yeah. game. So I think having behind-the-scenes access to that um, would have been really great. Mm. Uh, anything else to add on the Tottenham board? Uh No, but you did mention my friends who worked on the show. I should stress, for legal purposes, probably this is purely just kind of like pub chat. But they would say that... Uh, I worked on a lot of them on a, on a different TV show, and they would say, you know, they'd turn up for work one day. And Jose would turn up at half past ten and be like, right, camera's off, none of the TV crew in today. So it's almost like even when the show wasn't about him, he still he still found ways of making it about him. Do you know what I mean? Which, if, if it's true or not, I don't know, but uh, it, it fits the narrative wonderfully. I think he is always going to be like amazing on camera, right? Yeah. Like, you can't take your eyes off him, but uh, actually, do you think he was at times done to an extent where it kind of felt like a, almost like... Parody. Parody, yeah. Like, and a plea for him, like, to stay relevant, right? Like, he's trying to, like, <laughs> milk the attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are his words? Yeah. What are his words? 
Yeah, he loves attention all to himself. Okay, that's that clip when he like smashes the bottle down. And and the clip, at the <laughs> in the clip where he just goes and switches off the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Did we did we get an insight into that incident where uh, he accused Raheem Sterling of diving for a penalty? Did you see any of that? You mm. must know the clip I'm talking about where um, I'm pretty sure someone one of the he's having it a go at the he's having a go at the, the fourth official. One of the City players dives for a penalty, or maybe a City, maybe Raheem Sterling misses a penalty, and then which Marina didn't think was a penalty at all, and then they work out that after it's been saved, Sterling's tried to dive oh, from 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 like Uris chasing the ball up, and then as soon as he's you know he's all hysterical fits of laughter at Raheem Sterling um, missing the penalty that he should, didn't think should have been in in the first place and then as soon as it clocks to him that Sterling should get a yellow card oh, oh, he's seething yes, with yes, rage yes, again yes, he gets yes, back yes, up yeah yes, it's just yes, like it's like the two shades of Marino perfectly balanced yeah. that, that was the one where he smashes the, that's yeah. the one I was What's talking about he smashes the bottle down like runs up to the fourth official no, that's box office so good that's box office so the ball went off have to dig out that incident yeah no 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 that was I think yeah I think that's the thing right like so many of these things you remember the show because they've been on these clips are on Twitter and they keep coming up time and again. Mm. Um, so I think it's aged well in that way. Maybe at the time it wasn't the most engaging for me, but yeah, I think it's aged really well. I actually really want to revisit it now. We've talked about it because yeah. obviously Marino's moved on now. They've got Conte. Things are quite different, and Marino's at Roma. So maybe season with Conte would be good. Yeah, he's box office as well. Yeah, I remember him coming out last year and talking about how. This doesn't happen to me when he's like lost through two games of the bounce. Yeah. That was crazy. But yeah, yeah, no season. A season with content anywhere would be pretty good. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I want to see uh, when does he put the wig on? Do you think? It's yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> before he goes on, like after that. Um, I'm pretty sure it's he. He can afford uh, just hair to be sewn into his scalp now. Yeah, I think. Definitely. Yeah. Um, with the looks Ashley's giving me, I think that's enough Tottenham chat. <laughs> She's been just looking at me like this has been going way too long. Uh, so after this quick break, we'll be back to discuss the first all or nothing, the one where it all began. Let's see. The Man City one came out 2018, uh, the first one, and I think that really it had people talking, right? Like mm. it was, it genuinely felt like we had access to stuff we'd never seen before, uh, dressing room stuff, and yeah. of the biggest team in the country at the time, uh, with of course perhaps the biggest manager and the most successful manager of all time, Pep Guardiola. It was a Pep show, like mm. not as much as Mourinho maybe in the Tottenham one, but. This was the Pep show, wasn't it, Mike? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was all about Pep. His, um, it was more about the tactics, I felt. like Something something like Tottenham we were just talking about was more about you know Jose and Arsenal. It was just a little bit about drama and all the, all the stuff that was going on there. But mainly about Pep, mainly about football, which I thought it was, I thought it was more football-focused than the mm-hmm. others. Um, he comes across as like this amazing tactician. 
but yeah, I thought I thought it was really good. Um, it was a while since I watched it though. They came out, they came out, come out every two years, so they're quite staggered. Um, but yeah, no, I thought I thought it was a good one. I thought undeniably again a bit like with Mourinho, Pep is by far and above the most interesting. He's kind of an enigma, isn't he, Pep Guardiola? And again, he he came across quite well in this, but not as well as Arteta or Mourinho did. He came across as like quite intense and a bit weird mm. in a way that he was sort of trying to maybe synthesize a little bit. It didn't quite feel completely. Maybe he is just like that all the time, but there must be moments when he can just sort of not be intense pep you know I'd have actually I'd have actually liked to see a little bit more sort of like soft pep rather than the kind of hard concentrated versions of him we saw throughout throughout most of this series anyway I think yeah he is portrayed as a bit of the crazy genius right like mm. this is a guy we've got into the lab now with these like super players let's see what happens um but actually do you think that because of just it all being about pep and his genius uh we don't see as much of the players and their stuff and their stories Um yes we don't get to see so much of the players and their stories uh we just see Pep talking about his tactics giving him uh giving the team some pep talks saying they don't <laughs> change for the <laughs> nice. oh yeah <laughs> they don't change for the opposition they just play at, they have to play at the highest level you know at some point I'm like does Pep know that all the cameras are on him because it feels like he 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 knows the cameras are on him like for example an occasion when they lost 3-2 to united i expected him to cuz throughout he's been very intense but for that one he was particularly very chilled about it because they were going to win the league anyway at their opponents but no he was very chilled about it so at some point you're like no this doesn't seem very genuine but maybe that's how he is right like just i think that's why he approached that maybe Do you think that he was playing to the cameras there? Yes, yes, at some point it felt like it was the pep show. He was he knew all the cameras were on to him, so he's talking about tactics and everything, but when they lost in one of the most crucial games, he didn't bring that out. Interesting. I hadn't really thought of it like that mm. about how cameras can alter managers' behavior. Um which is i think would be interesting for the players right as well like they're the only ones who could tell us if that's true or not um unfortunately this podcast isn't big enough to attract players yeah so we won't know that for a yet. while yet uh but mike what else did you like in this one um just sort of i think the the genius the genius of pep as a tactician i was i was telling you earlier about my dad who doesn't watch football he's, ne- he's never been into football but for some reason watches all of the all or nothings um just because he can't sit through 90 minutes of football but he can sit through a documentary of a behind the scenes and even he said the the guy's just the guy's just crazy mm. crazy how in love he is with football and how much he just dedicates his whole life to it and you, that comes across really well in the documentary but i think the, the only thing i would say is that i think everyone knew that already about mm. pep and you know in terms of like stuff that you want to know um i think everyone kind of knew that he was this crazy tactician everyone knew that how dedicated to football he was maybe that was and maybe that maybe they could have introduced a different angle to apart from pep to sort of spruce it up a little bit but yeah i i my favorite my favorite thing about it was pep and it's just because of you know his sheer just passion for football uh, alex but isn't like someone like mike that is the target audience for the show right like trying to get someone in into football like from a man city perspective 
they want more fans and clearly like we've seen the etihad like they, <laughs> <laughs> they need more fans and right? yeah <laughs> i'm not sure if this entirely accomplishes that though i think really this is can can amazon get loads of people to watch them do a really expensive so TV show. basically <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah of course it is yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely um I, I guess they'll probably see more like the reality. The sad reality is that someone like Mike's dad will definitely be renewing his Amazon Prime subscription every month until all the all or nothings kind of run out and dry up. Um, but as yeah, as for Pep, I did like the fact that he's he's seen as very intense. What I didn't necessarily like was him sort of beckoning David Silver over and getting like a magnetic um, tactics board and then just this like handheld shot of the two of them sort of, of Pep just moving these things around and going <laughs> moving these magnets <laughs> around a board really quickly um, and us not being able to see what he was saying I found that to be feeding into yeah the concentrated version of Pep that I talked about earlier perhaps a little too intensely um, but yeah I guess, I guess from, from City's point of view if, if, if more people like them they're probably at the moment, because they're so successful, they've taken the mantle off my beloved Manchester United as the most disliked club in the country, probably. And that's a testament to how good they are. So um, if maybe slight PR things like this can can soften the rest of us and our attitudes towards them, they'll probably see that as a success, yeah. It would, it would definitely be interesting to know how many people who don't like football watch the All or Nothing documentaries mm. and then suddenly maybe yeah. start watching football. It didn't happen with my dad. He still doesn't watch football. He only watches them. But comparatively, with something like Drive to Survive, from F1, I know plenty, plenty of people that watch Drive to Survive and then they're suddenly in F1 now. Um, I don't know if All or Nothing has that same effect, maybe because it's two different sports. With something like F1, you can kind of just pick it up, whereas, and it's not as, there's not as much passion involved, I guess, because, you know, you don't have really a, your favourite, you might have a favourite team, but you don't follow them religiously like we do. Um, but no, it'd be interesting to know how many people, upon watching All or Nothing, maybe then started, started getting into football. But I guess the thing with all or nothing, it's also focused on one club, right? Mm, drive to yeah. survive. Drive to I'd love. So maybe I would love a whole thing on the Premier League. I was going to say that yeah. at some point, a whole like every single club, like a drive to survive. Obviously, that would be crazy expensive, and probably clubs wouldn't let it happen. Yeah, no. but like like one episode on like each. Club yeah, and get like get each. get the best speakers from each club. I think that'd be amazing. I think we've just cracked. Like, <laughs> like, like, this episode should not go up now yeah. because we need to get a copyright on that idea. But. <laughs> Try and patent that idea and yeah, see if anyone will give us a, I think we're a really billion should. pounds to make it happen. Actually, do you think that one reason why the City one um, was so popular and so well received was also the fact that it was the first one we saw with football, right? Um, we hadn't seen this format before. We hadn't seen dressing room footage in such a way. Uh, so it all just felt so new that you automatically liked it. Like To me, this is still remains one of my, fa- like my favourite all or nothing because... I still remember how I felt the first time I saw these scenes. Uh, yes, I agree. You know, it was a time when City had just become so successful, they've become so dominant. We want to know what's going on behind the scenes. You know, why are we watching them for 90 minutes and they're performing very well? I think their first two games, they won 5-0, 5-0 against, uh, is it Palace or Liverpool or something? But they won 5-0, 5-0. So we want to know what happens behind the scenes, you know. And it was a time when City have just come, they are really dominant, and they have Pep. Everyone wants to know about Pep. They're really intense manager and stuff like that, you know. So I feel like that made people watch it even more 
because they want to know City have come. They've taken over the space over Man United, over Liverpool. So yeah, at it, I feel like it was the right moment for it to be released, and it was the first of its kind anyway. Yeah, and I think City are always seen as this like machine, right? Almost robotic in how they operate. So I think the show maybe helped give them some humanness. Mm-hmm. Maybe do you think there's a factor in like? You can just see a bit of the people behind it, really. Yeah, definitely. I think the other, the later All or Nothings, the Spurs and the Arsenal, probably benefit slightly from a bit of a bit of hindsight in this. Like, it, it was nice seeing what Kevin De Bruyne is like um, at home, but ultimately he, he he sort of he's a bit he's a bit of a shyer guy. Like, he's not as much of a not not as much of a talker. He didn't have quite as much charisma as someone like Granite Xhaka does. Um, but you know, it was nice to put like a, a, a human side to it because yeah, they are just this kind of relentless winning machine. That's not the only thing Granit Xhaka does better than Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> <laughs> wow! But wow! Alex, Came on bad takes. <laughs> new, yeah, new podcast inbound. Um, but Alex, you know, you had brought this up, point up when we were talking yesterday about how you felt Arsenal picked better players to go talk in front of the cameras, and yeah, you felt. Possibly. Um, City, you know, there's that where Aguero's there and he doesn't even speak English no. like fluently. Do you think they missed a trick there? Like they're just figuring that out? I think they picked their sort of most famous players on the pitch without picking the best talkers who would make the best TV off the pitch. Sergio Aguero uh, seems like a lovely bloke. He just seems like, you know, a, a, a happy guy. Um, it's, you know, uh, it's a real, real shame he's had to retire now, but he just came across as just a really nice bloke. Who lives? He lived quite a boring life. Just lived on his own, didn't he? At home, in his comforts, turned up to work and sort of went home and hung out on his own. He had a couple of mates, I think. Did you? Do you think it's the club that picks the players who speak, though, or do you think? Do you think it's the players who volunteer? Ooh, I don't know. Because I, I don't think I don't think the club would put forward someone who they knew was wasn't a good speaker. I think, and I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I feel like if Amazon walked in and said, right, we need two players to speak. Throughout this documentary, I think people put their hands up. To be honest, I don't, I'm not sure if it, I'm not sure if the club would volunteer. But I think people put their hand up, and then if he's right to go on it, then the club will the club will approve it. Like ultimately, they get the final say. But I think it would probably vary. There'll be some. There'll be a producer at Amazon who thinks we've got to get Aguero and De Bruyne because they're the biggest names. Or there'll be another producer on the same day might just decide. Oh, actually, we just want the most charismatic person you've got mm. because they'll be more interesting. Um, in principle, Aguero and De Bruyne want to know as much about them as I can but because they're a bit more reserved yeah it would, I, that that was another thing that was in this that I found actually most dissatisfying I think it's also interesting that this is the all or nothing where you have Pep you have Arteta mm. and you have Mourinho as well like with him being united both so um, that was pretty interesting I mean they're looking for someone charismatic to talk in the team they could have spoken to Arteta well, <laughs> yeah. uh, now the most exciting part. Uh, we have to rank them. Uh, let's start with third. Uh, anyone, for me personally, we can go around and we can have a bit of discussion. Um, I put Spurs third. I wonder why. <laughs> I mean, this is the only place where they will make it into. Fair enough. You had to get oh, that in, came, didn't you? They came third in a two-horse race, I heard, so... <laughs> Maybe they could you come outside the top. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you have third? I've got to be honest, that third is Arsenal for me. It's good. It's good. It's the most rounded show. But 
purely basing it on how much I enjoyed it, it's got to be Arsenal. Not by much, um, but the others have a bit of X factor in a, in, a, in a way that this doesn't quite for me. But that might be a bit of recency bias. You know, I've only just watched it. Ask me again in six months about a different answer. Mm. I would, the footballing and purely football person in me would want to put Man City higher. But in terms of just, you know, what what you want from the shows, you want the drama, you want the gossip, you want the insight. I don't know. I think I think City has might be third for me. We've all oh, got <laughs> the place comes under you. I wonder where they ask where you <laughs> going to put Spurs. I wonder. You know what, Alex? <laughs> 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 this is purely on my entertainment, oh, yeah. not being biased because mm. I'm an Arsenal fan. I think you already have it figured out. I think Spurs is third for me because it was yes. Mourinho is a very good, uh, he's good for box office, but uh, I needed to see more football. I needed to see, it was too much drama, which embodies Mourinho very well. That's what we want. Exactly. That's what we're here for. Yeah. No, but I also want to know something about football. What's, what's happening? Tactics. Mm. I need to know what's going on in Spurs. Why are they? Are you going to write Man City first then? We'll come to that. We'll come to that. Yeah. Um, okay, so I mean, Spurs have got two votes for third, uh, so they take that spot. Uh, Mike and Alex shake their heads, <laughs> raise their eyebrows. Uh, but we move on. Second, um, Alex, we're going to start with you and we're going to move around. Uh, second is probably Tottenham Hotspur for me. It's. Uh, it, doesn't re- it doesn't do quite enough to answer loads of the questions I have. Um, about what goes on in the change rooms a lot, but it has got that X factor in Marino. Uh, he's not as interesting a guy as Pep. Um, Big shout. Ah, come on, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's that controversial. He's kind of, I do feel like he's had his day a little bit, but um, he's great value. Uh, Daniel Levy is not. His chat stinks. Um, but yeah, interesting enough, but didn't quite have. What I, what I would be looking for in in first place, I don't think. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe go to Ashley first. I'm still trying to I'm still trying to make up my mind. Oh. <laughs> Ashley, okay. uh, I think in second place, I'll have to say my beloved Arsenal. I got to learn something I usually don't see for the ninety minutes, but I needed more, especially the tactics, which I saw in Manchester City with uh with pep and arteta at the same time you know yeah that was the missing bit for me i'm gonna have to go i'm gonna have to go spurs second um was a bit of a toss-up but i think overall overall arsenal finished better um i think the the last episode of spurs i remember like when there was like a gift giving was that was that that was in spurs wasn't it that was that was a load of shit i didn't didn't enjoy that at all very cringy Um, stuff very cringe but it was it was a toss-up because i think jose is just he's box office like you said it's what you want you want drama change of manager mid-season in comes jose like i think just purely in terms of jose he's got it's close It's, it's not it's not far off arsenal but overall i think arsenal's a better show Interesting. I think for me, I put Arsenal second too. Mm-hmm. Um, just I felt like, as you said, there was something lacking there a little bit. I think um, it's. I guess I just liked the city one just a lot more. I think it was just a more complete show for me with yeah. Arsenal. I think 
I think it was also interesting watching the All or Nothing for the first time, where it's your club being documented. Um, so I'd never experienced that. I think if I wasn't an Arsenal fan, I would have found that quite boring, honestly. Like, because I found a lot of this is stuff which is appealing specifically to me. Mm. It's being soundtracked by podcasts, which Arsenal podcasts, which I listen to, you know. So there were just a lot of things which I'm like, oh yeah, this is like for the Arsenal fans. Uh, but if I didn't support Arsenal, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much, which is why I put it second. But we're split, guys. We've got two for Spurs, and me and Ashley have gone for Arsenal. So... Ooh. I have to see who ends up in first yeah, place. Let's, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll see that. Uh, Ashley, we're going to start with you this time. Man City. Man it, City. Was a, it was a complete documentary for me. Entertainment. Uh, behind the scenes, getting to know the people involved in the club. Pep, as usual, of course. Yeah, it was very complete for me. And it was the first uh, all or nothing for football. Um, yeah, I thought Arsenal was the best for the same reasons Ashley said. I liked I liked the drama. I liked how well Arteta came off. I like they also added in a family angle with Arteta. You know, you get to see get to see his kids and his wife. And I thought, I thought in terms of everything, you get to see the tactics, you get to see the drama. And you get to see the football as well. I thought Arsenal, Arsenal was the most complete show. Um, it would have been better if maybe, maybe Jose was part of the Arsenal one instead of swapping around because I thought the balance was good in the Arsenal one. But um, yeah, yeah, I thought the City one was the best. I think it probably benefits from being the first of its kind in this sense. So the fact that the player interviews weren't necessarily as good, which I did say, I, I did count against it earlier, but. I, my expectations weren't that high for that in particular and Pep is such an enigma um, and he is such a fascinating guy even though you know, I didn't necessarily like some of the stage scenes um, staged scenes um, his his kind of presence throughout the entire thing kind of just kept me that's what kept me coming back for more whereas um, the Tottenham one I think I did just put down coincidentally for like two weeks and then picked it back up again and still enjoyed it uh, the Arsenal one yeah, I, even though I put it last, um, Arteta definitely kept me watching more regularly. But I just think the, the allure of Pep and not having anything to particularly judge it by at that point um, definitely helps helps the City one. It just pips it for me. Pips it. Pips it for me. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> Missed an open goal there. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm City as well. I think it's the complete show. Uh, so we've got three City votes. Yeah. So City take one. Uh, Spurs definitely went last though, didn't it? So yeah. Arsenal's got to be second. Yeah, just by that. Which I would say, given our discussion, I think that's fair. I think that's pretty yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, until, of course, the next one's made and then we get back together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it's Brentford, maybe. Do you, think, do you, think, you think smaller teams would feature well, well? Yeah, no, we had this conversation. I'm not sure. One, I think they're going to have to rattle off the top six. Um, by the time they do that, maybe Newcastle will be part of that. I don't know. Might maybe be part of this season, to be honest. The yeah. way it's going, but I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if you did it with a with a Southampton or or a Bournemouth or someone like that. That it would that it would gain as much traction and maybe I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing. I don't think. I don't think the the football lovers will watch it 100% but i don't think it will attract the wider audience like dads that don't get like football or people that don't kind of dabble your dad won't watch it no 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 i don't think so um i don't know i don't know if i don't know if it has i don't know if the show has longevity to be honest once they get past the top 6 i think it probably does because 
but what it relies on though unfortunately in in every sense i've been left underwhelmed because the jeopardy all the way through wasn't really there and with a mid-table premier league club exactly. it is quite hard to constantly keep that jeopardy but as we've seen uh, i don't know it's a completely different franchise and it's a different company uh, production company but the sunderland till i die does prove that there is a space for lower clubs to have a, a space in this market somewhere. But Sunderland is like an incredible story. In and they were lucky that the story yeah. was so incredible, absolutely. But um, good like good documentary makers, good TV makers will be, still be able to find a story. And ultimately with the smaller clubs, slightly lower down the Premier League, the clubs won't be able to have the same um, kind of sway over the production side of things. Because, you know, Man City say, yeah, you can do this, but only if we mm. give the final say. Whereas a smaller club, they don't They'll have, have to give leverage. more creative control yeah. to Amazon to, to maybe tell more interesting stories, possibly. So that's maybe where it, it stands to um, to move beyond the top six. But obviously, if, if teams like Newcastle or whoever we think of it might be continue to knock on the door of the top six, then they might not run out of content. But if they do, there's, there's definitely scope, but they'd have to do it. They'd have to handle it well. And do you think that also maybe in the future we'll have just clubs and social media teams making these, right? Like... Take Amazon out of the picture. Like, I mean, each of these clubs are basically content companies, right? They have their own YouTube channels, TikTok, everything. They have, they have more access. They'll know better people to contact. So I think maybe like Man United make their own one. I think you've almost seen the England national team doing that a little bit under Gareth Southgate like they released these like I love oh, yeah, 10 good. yeah, good. yeah. I mean it's yeah. compl- it's just nothing nothing really happens in it you see them doing some rondos do some stuff in training every time there's an international fixture I sit down and watch 10-15 minutes of England yeah. kicking yeah. a ball around in training for 10-15 for minutes players arriving at the hotel I yeah like. <laughs> I don't know why I don't, I don't know why I like that the <laughs> yeah literally just like this, the same thing over and over again people walking in with luggage and being welcomed in the same I know. Right, mate? yeah, yeah. <laughs> the player who's just got a new contract has got his boots in a Louis Vuitton bag yeah. compared to the guy who's been like a drawstring from a sports yeah, brand yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shiny yeah. Who's forgot their passport? That kind of thing. So yeah. it's good. Yeah, I, I think that's a great format. Honestly, I, I can see teams just focusing on that. Yeah. We've been blabbering for an hour. Uh, an hour. Yeah. It, it's Got another been, hour more, haven't we? Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, I think this has been more enjoyable than the all or nothing event is. Like. The less said, the better. So to wrap up, before we do that, I'm gonna ask you a few questions. Hypothetically. If you could go back in time and pick a season, any club, where you would want an all or nothing made on their season, documenting their entire season. Also, for me, I would have Liverpool's uh, season with Brendan Rodgers, where they almost won the league. That's a good one. Where Gerrard slipped. Uh, because no one thought they'd win the league. You have Suarez coming back off mm-hmm. the bike. Plus <laughs> Daniel Sturridge like, becoming one of the best players in the world at the time. Uh, and the Gerard. So there's just so much stuff to dive into there. Uh, and I think Brendan Rogers would play to the camera so much. Yeah. He loves his quotes. Uh, I think I'd, that'd be a good one. I'm amazed you haven't said the Invincibles season. Because the jeopardy is quite low again. Yeah, like it's. There's also been an Invincibles documentary on. Uh, yeah. Like, but yeah. I don't know. I think over a season, like the drama, bro. Mm. My Man United bias makes me want to see something for that treble the season. Treble, yeah. more on the treble, that was back in an era of the Premier League where you could win, you could win the league with seventy six points or something like that. Um, 
losing home and away 3-1 to Sheffield Wednesday, but still uh, still winning a domestic, well, no, international, you know, European treble is um, perhaps something that will never be repeated. So it'd be interesting to see that. I'd actually really like to see, was this the season? You'll have to forgive me, my memory's not that great, where City won the league with 100 points. Centurions. Yeah. Um, that I mean, was... That's only all or nothing. That's... Yeah, that is I it. I thought that was the season, yeah. yeah. Did Liverpool run them quite close that season as well? Uh, no. no. The next was it the next season? Yeah. I'd have loved to see an all or nothing that season where they finished on 99 points and 97 mm. points mm. respectively or something like that, just to see. Because Klopp's like, got a bit of X factor as well. Hopefully they do one before he leaves Liverpool because mm. they're having a bad season. But... Mm. I'd love to see. I'd love to see two clubs at the top of the league, like a split thing, yeah, split thing. Which I mean, no one would ever agree to that, but yeah. we can dream. That's another one we should like, you know, copyright. That's yeah, we should idea. patent that right now. Yeah. I can't believe anyone's not said Leicester yet. Surely it's got to be Leicester. Come yeah, on. surely it's got to be Leicester. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be Leicester. I mean, that's just like the that's the best sports story ever, in yeah. my opinion. Like, you can't get better than that. Um, and there's characters in that team. You've got Jamie Vardy, Casper Schmeichel, yeah. Danny Simpson, who's, you know, been known to be a bit of a... <laughs> and Golo Kante. And Golo Kante. Danny Drinkwater. He's Harry Maguire. Well. No, bro. He's Was he there? No. Not yet, I don't think. He's a big, um, he's a, he's a big character. And Claudio Ranieri. <laughs> and Ranieri as well. Like, you've got all, everything you need and you've got the best story ever. I think yeah. that, that's got to be top yeah. for me. Or maybe another one may, might be Jose's first season at Chelsea or something mm. like that. Well, that, that was a good team. That Jose season at Porto when they won the European Cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good one. But yeah, yeah, I, I was going to say Leicester. And since he's already said he's probably mentioned uh, the idea that Alex put across, uh, maybe having comparing two teams which are battling it for the title. Mm. The same same season, Arsenal uh, finished second when every other top six team was really shit. Yeah. We can pass right. So <laughs> may, maybe what we were talking about earlier with a with a uh, all or nothing for every team. I reckon the championship would be a great place yeah. to do that it's because because yeah. on the final day you've got you've got so much going on. Yeah, you've got so much going on. Yeah, no, I think the championship all the teams combined would be a good one to start. We should copyright that as well. Twenty three, twenty four season. Pick a club. You want to see? Anywhere in Europe. Oh, anywhere in Europe. Or, I mean, in the world. Barcelona would be good. Yeah, Barcelona would be good. Uh, I think Man United as well. They've got a bit of betting in under Ten Hag. Might might do something good. Might just capitulate. Newcastle. As, as they Newcastle. might do. Newcastle. 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 Yes. Yeah. Wherever see, Jose see. Mourinho is. <laughs> just, just, we get it like a GoPro on it. just document whatever. Just copyright that as well. <laughs> Uh, great, that's I think a perfect note to end today's podcast. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for thank joining you. us. Thank you, yeah. uh, thank, you. thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, focus on football culture. We did one on Luis Figo, we've done one on Ted Lasso. Uh, check those out and uh, let us know what you think because this is my fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs>